Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. We have our sweatshirt, sweat, sweatshirt brigade on the top row. <laughs> yes, that's us. We're an official brigade. I don't, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> what is a brigade exactly? Is that just like a group of people? Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Sweatshirt gang. It's a sweatshirt gang. Sweatshirt gang. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have sweatshirts. You don't have a sweatshirt? You need one. They're cozy. They're super cozy. Hello, Sue Bowles. Hi, Miss Sue. Hi. Say hi to Ginger, too. What do we always say before our topic? We remind folks to please participate in yes. this. To please join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Share, share. Yes. Lisa, you need a hoodie. She says, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what color I would get. <laughs> so what is our topic today? What is the, actually, what's the title? I don't even know what the title is, Jerome. How to make clients cry. How to make yeah, clients that, that almost made the cut today, but instead we're going to go with connect with clients instantly. Connect with clients instantly. Um, Be Oprah. Isn't... I'm going to I'm going to be dumb for a second. Aren't you connecting with a client as soon as you sit down and talk to them? Isn't that good enough for connection? I'll say the tools we're talking about today, I think because there's some things that I imagine if you're a coach, you'd be like, I can't do that. Yeah. But you can. They extend before a client even sits in your chair. Like so, I think you apply it to even Shall we market. talk about connecting in general before we move on over to connecting with a client? Just because like what you mentioned, Brooke, some of the things I was going over, I imagine maybe you couldn't necessarily do it in this manner, but you definitely could extend this type of connection or at least some of these tips to connect better uh, to your client. So what do you guys think well, let's is a good way to connect just in general? What are some tips? I think a big part of this too, so what's one of the things we left off in the title is, is nixing small talk. So like when we say connect, that's sort of a very broad out here term. Um, I think what we're really talking about is how to get to that, like my client's willing to open up and be vulnerable with me and trust me. And we're not, we don't have to do this warming up thing where, you know, there's this tepid small talk kind of, I don't I'm not sure if I'm comfortable and how to just like get into that deep work right away as quick as humanly possible with your client and to sort of jump the 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 light-hearted sort of minutiae small talk kind of conversations does that make sense <laughs> we're talking about connecting instantly right this is the title suggests so who do you have to be as a coach to be able to connect instantly what what makeup do you think we might need as coaches to be able to open up that instant connection that y'all are speaking about? See, this is, um, this is one that I feel comes a little bit easier to just in general when it comes to connecting. Um, 
you've got to be vulnerable, I think, is a huge a huge component to connecting. Um, speak doing more about vulnerability. Cool. Before you go on, speak more about vulnerability. What is vulnerability? Because, uh, well, I'll stop. Yeah, so being so being open to whatever it is that your client has got to say, or in general, whoever it is you're speaking to, to whatever they've got to say without really being judgmental. Also showing some humility um, on your part, uh, letting them know that you're not perfect. You know, this is a human-on-human -human interaction here. And um, you're not going to get a, a perfect being because, unfortunately, those don't exist. So um, letting that be known uh, from the jump start is, I think, very important and critical to instantly connecting. I see. Brent. Go ahead. I think that the vulnerability comes from um, in your, I mean, that's going to come for me, at least in the marketing in your before the client ever gets through the door and you getting out there and sharing your story your struggles your whatever it is um and saying hey yeah i've not always been perfect i've got this opening up and being willing to be flawed um, um in order to connect with other people in order to connect with your client and to do that in your marketing to do that in your uh, when you're out there talking, doing talks, maybe if you're doing, you know, group coaching and you're having some kind of talk beforehand, or when you open up and let's say you're, you're doing a group in a group coaching environment and you share about yourself, right. And then you open it up to this, okay, let the floor, everybody else sort of can start with, let's, let's coach, get into coaching. Now, the fact that you are out there and being willing to open up and show your heart um, and your emotion and be vulnerable is inviting everybody else in your group coaching session to do the same. Um, so I think it can really be something, a powerful tool. Danger. I had this hello, danger. Danger. <laughs> connection. Um, I've had this topic get kind of brought up in similar ways in lunch and learns um, where we're talking about the bio. People will ask, well, what should I put in my bio? What should I write in my bio? The bio is your connection to whoever is going to be reading or your potential clients. They're going to want to connect with you when they're reading your bio. And a lot of times people think that's their grandstand to just talk about themselves and, you know, go on and on. But it's really about the person reading it is why we write the bio. We write the bio so that whoever's reading it can connect with us. Um, so that means you strategically leave some things out that probably wouldn't connect and you put things in that will speak to your ideal client. Um, I know your cat's insane. So what is it? I want to maybe step out of coaching real quick and just like, we're imagine you're talking with a stranger, you meet a stranger for the first time and you instantly connect. Have you guys ever had one of those moments where it's like, instant connection, uh, maybe intended, maybe unintended, but you know, the connection was made nonetheless. I, I think a very um, common space where that occurs would be, for me at least, is, is at concerts. Um, everybody's there for the same reason. Uh, for the most part, I would like to think we want to hear some good music and have a good time. Um, so inadvertently connecting comes pretty easy there. I think there's uh, a lot of similarities when it comes to having a conversation that you might be having off to the side uh, to maybe another group or another person. 
somewhere is just not so far from you, but just a little distance where they can hear you. It's it's really easy. Oh, you're going to see this person. Well, that's exactly where I'm going to go next. And you can talk about maybe their, their most recent song or something like that, one of your favorite songs of theirs. Um, that's a really, I think, common space for um, unintended connection to happen instantly and quickly. As you're sharing, what's interesting is something's coming up for me too. There's a there's an occurrence that's called trauma bonding. Um, yeah. And it's where two people can like create a very quick connection um, during a traumatic event, after a traumatic event, because of a traumatic event. And because they shared that event or they share the same story or commonality or, you know, they there's this certain trauma in their past that they instantly connect with people who have been through the same thing. Um, and it's, but if you take that, what do we learn from that, that process? The fact that people very quickly and easily trauma bond. Um, that will be up. the topic of my uh, clickbait blog. Should coaches trauma bond with their clients? <laughs> <laughs> we, but, but what do we take from that? That when we're in a really emotional, vulnerable, scary kind of place, we are much more open to connection and bonding. Um, not to say that we need to be trauma bonding with our clients, but uh, in many ways, a lot of coaches who have been through traumas and things like that though that or have been through their own turmoil share that in their story share that in there and they they share about where they are now and they're able to connect with people as a result of sharing that experience and, and then people trust them because they're oh she gets me he gets me he's been through the same thing um so that would just just pop into my head that thought <laughs> Yeah, to that same point, I, I believe that's a situation where we, you know, I think usually put up sometimes these walls to prevent ourselves from being hurt um, in an instance of trauma where both can kind of connect. I think it, it reminds us we're all human and, you know, we can all at the end of the day deal with the exact same things that um, we sometimes believe, you know, there's all these different things that make us different. But at the core, uh, when it comes to especially in an instance like trauma where it's sometimes fight or flight, um, dealing with the exact same thing. And again, it, it's just a reminder that we're all very similar, um, much more similar than we are disalike. There's a there's a biological reason too, at least one reason. There's probably more than just what I'm gonna bring up that we, we do that sort of trauma bonding thing. And it's that we, when we're in a, a fear state or stress state, we crave oxytocin release, um, even serotonin release, all of these things. And those that comes when you're connecting with another human being, you are given um, a, a dose of uh, serotonin, oxytocin, things like that comes into your bloodstream. And so you um, it, it's sort of like this symbiosis thing that happens like trauma, trauma, but I'm with somebody else and they make it better. Uh, and how there's actually a, a biological reason that you feel better when there are other people around. It actually is also serves as a function for us to go out there and get help when we're in trauma states and be encouraged to interact with other people so that we uh, don't isolate, which you take that to the next level and call it an evolutionary construct. But yeah. Um, so I'm a bit fuzzy still on the idea of a connection. What is a connection? It seems, it seems like it's kind of, oh, like we connected, we made a connection, connected clients kind of out here in the ether. And I'm the kind of person who wants to drill it down and be like, okay, what is, how do you know when a connection is made and what is a connection versus like, 
I don't know, something surface level. Well, I mean, I think surface level, what are surface, how about this? Instead of asking that, what is, what are surface level questions or conversations? So like, how's the weather? Where are you from? Any other examples? How's your day? What do you do? What do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? Yeah. Current um, events. <laughs> so, how about in a client coaching sort of uh, environment? It's first session. Let's say what what we come in and our, our client. You know, what do we? We're gonna we got some small talk, right? Uh, going on. Uh, what brings you in today? What are you gonna? How? Um, what other questions could happen that might be more surface? Um, I think really to initiate the conversation, I hear this a lot in coaching sessions is, um, how are you doing today? And usually mm -hmm. that exchange takes place. Um, yeah, with coaching, I feel like there's, there's, you want to try and make as, as minimal of a space for small talk as possible, but there is still importance um, to well, small talk. I think let's try Look, Can we try a little game, a uh, little activity? Mm -hmm. Um, will somebody be a client? Jen will be sure. our client. Okay. Um, and then will somebody be our coach? I, I can do it. Okay. Although I think let's have, I think actually maybe let's have Jerome or Anthony just okay. because the nature of yeah, Jerome. Because yeah. Cause, yeah. Good, good call. <laughs> All righty. Start so, off the session. I'm going to, what I'm going to do, just to warn you, I'm going to pause you after each question. Okay. Go for it. Hi, Jen. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for asking. Um, just want to pause. pause. Now I was going to let that first one fly The how you doing today fly. I was going to let that. I'm not letting that one fly. Okay. Go because ahead. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> That can be like Americans. We, how are you doing today? We kind of understand that's like a, we don't expect a real answer. It's more of like a way to say, like, it's a greeting. Uh, people from Europe view that question very weirdly, where they will be like, okay, I'll, I'll tell you how I am. And then they'll go on with their whole life story. That question very differently depending where you're from. We also share the same assumption of what- So instant means. connection, not quite the point I'm trying to make yet, but <laughs> but a good point nonetheless, because that could be a, a way to go deeper with somebody who in a different cultural background, uh, yeah. just ask Jen them how to do answered, it. Jen could have answered bad, and then that would have led to a different series of questions, but- <laughs> I, I, just, just to pipe in here, I have I seriously, stop and think, am I going to really answer that question or am I in a hurry and just going to go on fine? You know, good. So I take time to actually think on how I want to answer that question. So I always answer honestly, but yeah. it's never like dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, all right. Next, so go ahead. Next question. So this is our first session that we've had, Jen. I'm just curious as to what brings you in today? What do we want to talk about? Well, um, I just got back from accomplishing a major goal and I'm ready to set a new goal. All right. Well, before we speak about maybe setting that new goal, can you tell me about that last goal a little bit, just so that we have some context on 
anything we do moving forward. Yes. Yeah, so I um, set a goal of, of hiking to the top of a mountain to see a glacier and I prepared myself for it physically and I made it and I had no issues until the end. <laughs> Congratulations. Sorry. Okay. So with this next goal of yours, can you tell me a little bit more about that? That's the thing. I, I can't, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be yet. So pause. He said, tell me a little more about the next goal, right? How can we adjust that question to get deeper immediately? Maybe stay in the, I would stay in the past a little bit longer. What did that goal mean to you accomplishing it? Do you want me to answer that? Ditto. Yeah. yeah ditto what Anthony said. Um, it meant that I'm capable of a lot more physically than I realized. So I can set bigger goals physically, which is super exciting. How did that make you feel? Um, excited, <laughs> proud, um, excited and proud. I'm going to steal a question from Sue Bowles. Uh, what did you learn about yourself by accomplishing the goal of climbing the mountain? Um, oh, wow. That's a really good question. I learned, I learned that I, I really don't know my limits. I have no idea what they are because I didn't even come close to it. I thought that was going to be it. I thought I was going to be pushing my limits by doing that, but that was nowhere near it. So, there's, I just have a lot more. I learned that I have a lot more that I'm capable of that I haven't had awareness of. And now I have awareness of it. Pause. Oh. So I'm just pausing. I want to bring us to now the question that second, the next part of the question that Jerome had asked. That was, I think there's an awesome past exploration. The next question he asked was also actually before we go there, for you, Jen, like on a meta level, you're not a coaching in the coaching session anymore. This is a, us asking, what? How was that exploration about your the goal you just accomplished? Was that a good? I mean, that was that a deeper exploration? Was that something that you worked for you to connect to as a client? Yes, yeah, specifically that question that Sue had was was that was the right question. Like that really, I felt connected after that question. I felt like that went deep. That's it. Kick Sue out. She's making so, the next. <laughs> the next question Jerome asks is, "Well, what goal do you want to? What goal do you want to work on next? Or what? What do you want to do? Tell me more about the next goal you want to work on. I think. Um, how can we make that specific question deeper? I think it's a fine question. I think my answer forces it to go deeper. Okay. I don't have an answer. So Jerome is going to have to now, you know. Well, so then the, I had one thought with that. Could you have asked what would making a new goal mean to you? Or why do you want to make a new goal? Yeah. What makes, what makes having a new goal important to you? Yeah. 
Yeah, because that forces me to pause and go, wait, hold on. Why, why, why does that matter? <laughs> because that's very important. Okay, so share. Um, because I think having a physical goal is a really fun way to keep working towards something physically, which I like to do for my health and well-being, but it, it gives it another element of fun um, where I'm not just, you know, working out or taking care of myself just for health. Like I want to actually do something with, with that health. <laughs> so this is a really neat thing, at least for me, it is because this is something that I can be very mechanical, but when I thought, well, what if we asked this question, not only have we learned that Jen's next goal, she wants it to be physical. Like we didn't know that before. And we understand the motivating factor behind making the goal. So we're getting that why, that emotional connection. We're already making, deepening the importance of this goal just by adjusting that question a little bit, right? Um, I think it's very cool, actually. <laughs> it was an experiment and it's working, at least for me it is. So, um, so okay, we, we, you're, with that answer, what's the next question, Jerome? Um, I want to go back a little bit. Um, because you did mention that you were nowhere near reaching your limits when it came to achieving your last goal. Mm -hmm. um, can you maybe share with me a little bit what that might look like to you, um, reaching your limit when it comes to setting a goal and achieving that goal or maybe not achieving that goal? Pause really quick. Just to point out a couple things. Notice that Jerome mirrored Jen's words and mirrored them exactly as she said them. Um, that's another important thing he's doing to assist in connecting quickly with Jen. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Jen, question. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of the question. I, I think I heard you ask, you wanted to know more about what pushing myself to my limits looked like wanted me to elaborate on that it sounded like correct because you you mentioned earlier that you were nowhere near reaching your limits and yeah i'm curious about getting closer to potentially reaching your limits when it comes to setting a goal so i guess to me the limit the physical limit is going to be some sort of event where there's a lot of suffering involved um <laughs> it's funny saying that out loud like why do i want that but that's just part of knowing that I'm at a limitation. And I didn't really experience that much suffering on this past goal because I was in good enough shape to, to do it. I mean, there was, there was suffering at the end, but there was no suffering like getting to the top of the mountain at all, none. So it was almost like, it was almost easy, <laughs> which I did not expect. <laughs> And I'd like to find something that is harder because I want to see what I'm capable of. And I've, I've done before where I trained and ran a half marathon and I had uh, tendinitis and I still did it. And it was like, I had six miles of 
no suffering and then the rest was all suffering. And so I think back to that, like I know that I can endure a lot physically from that experience. And I think I was kind of basing this hiking experience off of that and it just didn't even come close. And so I think I undersold my own abilities. I think I thought I was in less good shape than I actually am. <laughs> so from what I hear you, when you, when you mention, um, can we pause for a quick second? Because I'm wondering within the bounds of coaching, you noticed, I, like I noticed Jen's emotion change in that moment. And I noticed her laugh and I noticed, uh, would, be, would it be okay to one, acknowledge uh, that, or find a, I mean, just sort of go, cause she was like, I'm in much better shape than I thought I was. And like, she's very happy about it. I guess maybe then the way to handle that properly, because I would like to celebrate with her a little bit in this moment somehow. And I'm wondering, so do we ask, is it just that we ask about that laugh? Is it just that we um, ask about that emotion switch or that feeling that she was feeling? What do you want to say? Just go with what you want to say, because your instincts are usually on the money. What is it that you would say in that moment, Brooke? Um, I see you laughing, Jen, when you say that you... Uh, are much, much stronger than you thought you were. Um, how does that make you feel? It makes me wonder what else in my life I am underselling. Like what else am I thinking that I'm not that great in that I actually could be great in? It's just got me questioning my whole, my whole judgment of my whole assessment of my abilities. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Um, curious, very curious and open to, to exploring that. I have my next question, but. <laughs> I might have something here too, so, yeah. Let me just interrupt a second. So your idea of, um, when you saw Jen laughing, Brooke, you saw her laughing and I'm going to have dogs barking, I think. Uh, you saw her laughing and you wanted to celebrate that moment. And what she did was reflect deeper into, which was better, in my opinion. I mean, honestly, like her take, be asking that and her reflecting deeper, uh, for me, it was a, a gift I didn't expect um, because she that was her opening up. We're, we're already getting, she's the uh, layers are peeling back. And so that was really powerful to me. And so then my next, and also it, it revealed more information about this potential goal and a, a, an opportunity to sort of connect that feeling of, well, I can do way more than I thought I could. And we're in a situation where she wants to set a goal. And so now I have this nugget of awesomeness that allows me to to remind her when she's that that hey i can not only what do we know we want it's a physical goal she wants to do we know that she can do more than she ever thought she could and she's open and she's curious and so there's this, there's a lot of space for uh creativity i guess for her and her goal setting in this moment and that that made me excited so yeah so what one of the things that you didn't do was be attached to what your question was. You connected with your client because your client decided to do something different. 
you allow that space for it to organically shift to where that client wanted to go and where that client needed to go. You weren't holding on to, no, I want you to tell me and, you know, hip, hip, hooray about where you are in that moment. And that's, that's an important piece that sometimes coaches forget. Sometimes our questions are important, as I call nailing, <laughs> nailing it to the wall. It's important to go there. There's other times you just got to let it go because where Jen went with it, that connection was already flowing with this inquiry response and interaction. That connection allowed her to dive deeper into her, meaning Jen, to dive deeper into what she was feeling in that moment. That's all that connection. Still about connection. <laughs> Anthony, you look skeptical. I am. And I've got a question, I guess, now. <laughs> um, Jerome and Brooke, since you guys did the questioning, do you guys feel connection with Jen? With We started with those kind of surface level stuff, and then we dove, dove deeper into her goals and her um, what she wants for the future. Do you feel that connection? I feel like it's harder to make the connection because we're interrupting it. So, like, there's not, like, we're not in, like, a, a, a flow state right so because we're, we're stopping that flow state and for that connection to really happen we have to remain in sort of that flow state with one another um but i do feel like the direction that we're going is uh much we're getting deeper faster than if we had just started with what do you want to work on today or what are what are you what goal do you want to set i feel like we've already gotten to this sort of deeper le emotional level when we might still otherwise be in this sort of surface place just by asking a question like that. So we're, we're getting to the deeper level. How will you know when a connection is made? Well, I don't, I don't, that's for like, me, I can say for me, I, I now feel connected uh, to Jen through the pursuit of figuring out what this goal is. Um, I'm now legitimately connected to what it is that she wants to find out. Now, Here's my follow-up question then. Jen, do you feel connected to Jerome and Brooke? I do, but I feel more connected to myself. That's what I think is more powerful and meaningful for me. So there is sort of more of a clarification of what we're looking for with the connection then, because I imagine that a connection, at first I imagine a connection was not just a one-way street for the coach to just dive in deeper with the client in my mind it seems like the client would also need to feel connected with the coach in a way that this uh, icf defines as a partnership between coach and client a partnership sort of implies that there is a connection there that's somewhat reciprocal you added something else though jen about feeling connected with yourself that i didn't take into account at first though um which is interesting which I kind of want to know what is feeling disconnected like versus feeling connected? Well, I just think that, I mean, this is the first time I'm talking about this out loud. And I just felt like both Brooke and Jerome were holding a safe space for me to explore. And I could see that they were both 
interested, listening. They were, they had an, almost like an encouraging energy of like, yeah, keep going, keep going. You know, like I felt supported in my own exploration of my thoughts and getting this out loud. Mm -hmm. So that allowed me, once I was able to hear myself out loud and say, oh, wow, I can't believe I just said that. That made me feel more connected to myself. But that was through their, they facilitated that through the space they were holding and the energy that they were presenting. I didn't I answer your question. I think it's really important what you just brought up because we can get wrapped up in the questions and the, you know, tweak, tweaking these questions, but there's a lot more to making a connection and that's sort of what we're talking about today is all of these little things that happen and i want to ask jen another question that's sort of unrelated to her goal um and that question is is that can you say and maybe it's not something that is sayable or figure outable um <laughs> what what was assisting in creating that safe space for you what worked in that safe space like what was being done so that we, if we wanted to communicate this to a coach that, that didn't know, well, what, as a, from a client's perspective, what's being done to facilitate that openness? Um, both of you look fully engaged. So full active listening, like I can, I can sense it. Um, you know, the, your body language for both of you clearly indicates um, you know, the slight nodding sometimes of your head, the, the you know, times when you blink your eyes, it's, I just see it. I see it on your body. <laughs> I mean, that's important. That's huge. And so in the videos and things we were watching prior to this, uh, to sort of research for it, that comes up. I'm a big, a big part of that. This, this creating this instant connection with people, um, is that the, exactly those things that you just brought up? Um, so thank you for that. Um, you're both a little like lean forward. I just, everything you're doing is sending me the signal that you're actively listening and you're fully engaged and you're open to what I have to say. And I feel an immediate level of trust from your body language. Anthony. I see wheels turning in Anthony's head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I'm entirely, I mean, this was probably something we need to see over a longer period of time in a coaching relationship rather than the first five minutes, five questions of a coaching conversation. Yeah, but that's, I mean, the point of this is we want you to be able to get into the meat in the it's first five minutes. Like that's what we're, we want to, boom, bam, let's get in there. <laughs> Not saying that that's necessary every time, but if we're going to try to do that, if we're going to try to sort of just try this approach, let's give it a whirl, right? And see mm -hmm. how deep we can get and how quickly, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that was really what the thought was when this topic was proposed. <laughs> Anthony, what are you skeptical about? If anything. More so the, the, it's coming back to the partnership aspect to me of coaching and the connection from there, because when I tend to think of connections, I think of like either 
work connections or like school connections that I've made where you're in the same environment, you kind of have the same goal and you're put together and the connections just sort of happen naturally. Um, no one person is really forcing it or intending it to happen, but it happens nonetheless because you're in those environments. So I'm trying to think of how the session the first session you have with the client, it's immediately that this is a partnership, not necessarily I'm the coach. I'm just facilitating a process that is kind of independent of me as a coach and entirely focused on the client. Now, I might be trying to be too coach f focused rather than client focused, I but think it feels so like there's something missing, but I can't put my finger on it I right could, now. I, this might be the, the thing. So maybe uh, what, what you're missing is what the purpose of the connection is. Uh, and when we say connecting, what we mean by that and what sort of the overarching um, purpose it serves for both coach and client. Um, so when we say there's different elements of connecting, right? So you have the, the client coach connection between one another, right? Uh, we could be discussing about that connection. We could also be discussing about the client with their connection with their goals uh, and themselves. Um, uh, I really feel like those are the two critical ones. So what's, what's interesting is when you look at it, the connection between client and coach, what is the purpose of that? That is, I think it's to get your client to open up and be willing to go deeper. So the connection between your client and their selves and their goals, what is the importance of that? It's so that they verbalize what they're actually wanting and thinking and then start to go about the process of thinking about how to get to what they want. And become more invested in without, what they're doing. And without, I guess, blocks or like the voices telling them that they can't do it or you know, those kinds of things. How does the first connection, that connection between client and coach serve the second connection, the connection it between generates trust, trust and feeling like the client is in a safe environment to freely speak their thoughts. So what is given the option between uh, a connection that we can make happen very quickly, right? And we can get to this, that secondary part. I guess my, what I, do you understand, are you seeing the value in why solidifying this coach client uh, connection quickly might be in something that's beneficial for a coach? I do. I think it's, I think it's, my, I think my issue now that I'm thinking about it is that in my experience, it is not as dependent on the coach that you might think, where it varies very wildly from client to client, how open they are and willing they are to like make that connection. I've had some clients where it's like, we hit the ground running, boom, we're in it. Other clients start the whole coaching relationship. It feels like that connection was never made. It well, felt like we're talking about goals and you know the surface level stuff on how to achieve a goal but every time i try to go deeper it just like it goes there's right a, back to the surface and there's a two-part thing for that like the, which what what the tools we're giving is the hope that that 
some of these tools may assist in getting that client to go deeper. But the other part of that is the client may not be ready to go deeper. Mm -hmm. right. um, and it can be an opportunity though, Anthony, if you're no noticing that pattern where they say they want to, but they're not really doing it. That's something you bring. That's, that's the challenge. You bring mm -hmm. that to the coaching session. You know, I noticed, I don't know how you would say, because it, it's going to be different with everybody you talk to. I noticed, you know, you mentioned you want to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and when, you know, you come back, X, Y, and Z isn't done, or in this moment, it doesn't feel like X, Y, and Z is a deep whatever, but bringing it to the forefront of what your recognition is, is definitely a place for coaching with that because it gives them an opportunity to go, you know, yeah, you're right. I don't want to go deeper. I don't want to, I don't want to tap into this. I'm afraid. And that's when you can tap into other avenues of that discussion. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. One of the tools given in the, in the, was that a well-placed assumption, right? Where, where you go, uh, so I just want to share uh, something I'm observing. Um, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong or crazy or what have you, but I just like to share yeah. something I'm observing. And so I'm observing that that you know, you we're always sort of staying on the surface level, and it just feels like you don't want to go deeper. Can, am I wrong or not even? Can you tell me more about that? Just tell me more about that statement, and then they'll give you an honest answer about whether or not that hits uh, or doesn't. Mm -hmm. And that could open it up the doors to go deeper, perhaps. Even, but but a different avenue towards that direction because they might not be able to face it head on, which is what you're saying, Anthony, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so they might not be able to hit it head on, but there's other doors that will allow them to get there in their graceful way. I'm wondering if there's a way then to preemptively only get the clients who are willing to connect uh, more openly. Like you just sent out a brief survey, survey on a scale of one to 10. How open are you to connecting with me as but a coach? Let's talk about, so like, let's, can we, let's take a moment and talk about Oprah, right? Like Oprah has a superpower. Oh. She, can, she can get everybody. She's gotten like the toughest seemingly toughest people on the planet to open up to cry to uh, she's got a superpower of getting people to just be emotional and be like vulnerable um, uh, even of the toughest nuts uh, in that case so I'm bringing this up because we're talking about um, the roundabout that but but I really sort of want to explore this this sort of is it possible to to get to those deeper places quickly is it possible to get in there even for the ones that don't are a little reserved are a little what what tools care what things can we do to 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 maybe sort of hedge our bets when it comes to our clients opening up so here's an interesting thing i saw with that oprah video you're talking about i'm wondering if coaches do this or coach can do this um where sometimes when Oprah does interviews, she will go to the people's homes. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe that's like a little cheat, like, okay, I'm a coach who does uh, outpatient calls or whatever. I, I, I go to your house, we sit down in your space and we coach there. 
Uh, we're in somebody's, I mean, I'm honestly, something that I think I've observed uh, in our classes, a lot of times our clients or our, our students are willing to open up a little more and be more vulnerable, be more comfortable. They're not putting on their suits and their like their Sunday best. They're, they're showing up to class and being real because they're in their own home. Like they're in a safe space. Like they don't have to find it. They're where they're at is safe. And they know that and it creates this sort of which is a gift of zoom honestly it's a gift of virtual that 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 is often overlooked um we lose of course there's a balance uh everything's balanced we lose some some things by by virtue of being virtual but they also there are also gifts there as well um anthony to answer your question from my perspective you cannot force anyone to go deeper than they are open to going. And if you try to force it, it typically causes the client to lose trust in you because you're trying to force it. The question I like, if I am trying to go deeper and I don't want to force it, but I still want to encourage it is what else can you say about that? What else can you tell me about that? What else can you share about that? Like just kind of gently, offering them the ability to talk more about something. But if they don't want to, I, I think that there's nothing you can do. I, I think though that I, I, because my experience, when I'm doing exercises with our students on level two, and I'm going in there with them and I'm getting them, we will get ones that are just head. And um, there's lots of ways I've, you tools I've used to get them out of that head, like get them out of that headspace and start feeling like just, mm -hmm. and, and mind you, they're along for the ride uh, in, in this, in, in some ways, um, that's where we would do exercises where close your eyes, take deep breaths, um, I want you to you know, feel the energy come from up here and down to here and you feel it in your heart, put your hand on your heart and starting to get them to connect with that, that mind body connection, get out of the head and into a really feeling space um, and using tools like that work. One of the tools I've used too is, is so if that client or if is right in front of you, what would you say a powerful tool if, if that and they're hurting like if that client if you, if you and this is of course for marketing so if what are they saying to themselves at the end of the night in their own words make it an i statement i i am this i feel this i um and making it sort of getting them to close their eyes and really get into that space where they're not it's not about how all this thought anymore it's about what they're just feeling um and it can be work sometimes it could be <laughs> anthony's seen it sometimes like they keep going back up and going back up and going back up and but but if they're willing of course and the, i've i do have success getting them to a place where they go oh and then what usually once they get there they're like oh i got this now like i get it i i know what because they they've now connected emotionally with with uh their marketing message or their whatever it is they're doing <laughs> so which it is a bit similar to like, you can't have somebody open up who doesn't want to open up. You also can't coach somebody who doesn't want to be coached. Like we have to assume so that the person coming to us wants the coaching done and wants to go through that process. Um, so to a certain degree, there's gotta be a little bit of openness. 
Unless they've got a different idea of what coaching actually is. Sometimes for me, at least this is just speaking from my experience, it's as simple as asking permission Mm -hmm. uh, as going, can I, can, can we go deeper here? Can we, can I, this might make you a little uncomfortable, but, Mm -hmm. but can, can we do an exercise right now? Yeah. Um, and, and for me doing that, uh, that's one of the ways I like to start my lives where when we do our seals or, uh, our lunch and learns is I'm going to, some of this might make you feel uncomfortable when I do my 30 minute things, some of this might make you feel uncomfortable. You might feel a little like panicked and worried and it's, but just bear with me through it. Just come, you came, you, this is what we're here for. Um, mm. and I sort of get their permission to, to test those, push those limits and doing that, I'm it's sometimes just doing that makes them go okay i'm i'm more willing to be open because i know what's coming um Mm -hmm. at least for me that's worked i don't know if that's too far is that too far is that too out of the coaching realm is that like you know what i mean i'm gonna push you (laughs) this will make you uncomfortable this process will be difficult at times it's Um, a tool you've shared with them you've given them a chance to go no i don't want to do this no way but they are going with you know I'm here, I'm, I'm here, I'm here to do something. And if I get a little uncomfortable, what does that really mean? Okay, let's go. Let's see what, what that means. And so it gives them a space to push that envelope towards that discomfort so that they're seeing what they're capable of. Like Jen was speaking earlier, that capability of her now knowing she is capable of more and wanting to do more until that envelope gets pushed. The client doesn't know. They can't push their own envelope. That's why they're coming to us. Yeah. I think we're coming towards the end of our hour. Um, I was getting lost in it. It was fun. (laughs) So as far as to how to make that instant connection, it's on the coach at the, the very least, the coach's responsibility is to dive deeper and be the one who to get out of the surface level questions and then head into the depths um, as far as the client is willing to go. I can, I, I can tell you, though, having some surface level is important in your coaching as well because it allows you to set up, you know, Sue mentioned our Go Learn a few moments ago. It allows us to set up the framework this is where, in that sense, we do take the lead. We have to have some some sort of a framework to our session, as especially ICF wants us to create that client contract for that session. You know, what are we going to talk about today? How are you going to know you're achieving it by the end of our session? What do you think will be there? So that surf that is surfaced, but there are surface bits that are important but being able to dive in and really ask those questions. I mean, it is, it is the ability to hear and see and feel and, um, you know, have that mindfulness persona in who you are as the coach to really adapt with that client. Jen mentioned about that body language that, I mean, if she could see, we were all eye connected with her, even though we're on this, you know, flat screen, we're all connected with her in what she was saying. Um, 
the words that she was using, full engagement, really shows that you're interested in what that client is saying. Uh, Anthony, you brought up Oprah. Oprah is interested in everyone she is interviewing. She physically, I'm starting to get emotional. I don't know why. She physically Oprah. <laughs> is interested in what the other person wants to share and what they, who they are. She really wants to get under and connect with their soul. We've all been subliminal message that the moment we hear Oprah, it's like Pavlovian. We're like, as you were sharing, Lisa, I uh, was thinking we, that we have this structure of, you know, what, what do you want to work on today? How do we know when we've achieved that? you know, that how, what can we do in a session to know that we've accomplished that, what you want to work on? I almost want to add a third question, which is how, how would accomplishing what we work on today make you feel? Um, and just sort of just remembering to tap back into that emotional relevance, that why, and how important that why is for, for goals moving forward. There's other ways to get there. And I think a lot of in the exploration that we do as coaches, it comes out, but, but it's just like a very good reminder for me uh, to, to remember to go back somehow at some point, you got to get that. Why are we doing what we're doing in there and remind, allow our clients to remember. I think we got to trust ourselves too. I mean, as long as we, we've got that framework, we understand that piece you know, what a coach is, what a coach is and, and, you know, stay in our lane. I can tell you something that when I was in person, this is, you know, uh, I had some brand new clients and they were sitting in the waiting room and I go out there and I scoot their butt over with my hip and sit next to them. Who does that? I never did that before. And yet I knew to do that because for some reason, sorry, dogs, <laughs> I knew for some reason that fun needed to be infused. The instinct told me, <laughs> dogs, sorry. That instinct took over because the fun interaction was required for them to feel that connection and trust in the process. I also, for me to, to, to say, hey, we're going to do something. This is going to make you uncomfortable. Um, but essentially, this is what you came here for, right? But for me to do that and, and for me to go, okay, will you run down this path with me? There's definitely a degree of confidence I have to have that that my making them uncomfortable and pushing them out of their, their comfort zone is going to be beneficial at the end of it. This is it for not. If I did that and there wasn't a good outcome, it would be a whole other story, right? <laughs> and you said you've got to be strong. You do. You have to have done this work yourself to know and trust the process. If you've never done any of this work, how you're, you're going to feel intimidated by it. Yes. You have to be able to do the work yourself as well. Well, and that's just, the selling yourself first. You have to know that what you're doing helps. So you have to sell it here and go, this works. I can do this. And once you believe that, it becomes so much easier to get out there and be like, okay, let's do it. 
I just remembered a live that we did a long time ago on taboo coaching or something like that. Taboo, weird, offbeat coaching. And I remembered cuddle coaching. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coaches out there, that's another thing you can do. You can cuddle with your clients. And as long as they agree to it, that'll provide a really oh quick connection gosh. to them. Oh, that's a different kind of coaching. Um, <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> I'm lost. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did a so one of the weird coaching niches I found was um people who are like paid to cuddle with a client and it's only cuddling and you just lay in bed or on the couch and cuddle with them and talk to them. Um it's also because sometimes it's they would hire like cuddle coaches for people who have intimacy issues for people whose husbands are out like overseas and they like it's an emotional detachment and it's actually better for the relationship that they have somebody there cuddling and laying with them at night. They have cuddle coaches who it, it just, there's all kinds of reasons that this happens, but it's typically not just like what the kind of coaching we do. It's typically, it should get a different term, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine a weird situation where an ICF coach is like, the setting the of the coaching session happens while we're cuddling. Um, so There's sort some of, liability there I don't even want to touch. I <laughs> mean, you can have a video camera just like shooting the whole thing. Um, but that's like physical touch. Oprah does it too. She'll put the arm yeah. on the shoulder. She'll put the arm yes. on the forearm. So that, makes, that sort of helps, you know, the connection form, um, whether how weird it is or not. Um, but what I think it does with Oprah, it's more friendly, right? They're more a friendly friends versus <laughs> cuddling. Yes, coaching, right? Yeah. We're we're not touching our clients. We're not yeah. There's yeah. a level of notoriety there too. It's Oprah we're talking about here, as opposed to that being said, though, I mean, we can shake our hands with our clients. Uh, yeah. I have I put hug our clients. I'm sure. not. I'm something you can tell it an extrovert. This is a big extrovert trait, and I've just accepted I'm I'm an extrovert. Um, so <laughs> you like we put hands like we will like touch people. That's something we do. So like I mean I know I'll touch somebody on the shoulder. Or I'll I greet people through physical touch, uh, and and I mess with people through physical touch. I. Um, you know, if you're my friend, we're sitting next to each other. I'm going to be messing with you. I'm going to be joshing with you. I'm going to be elbowing you. I'm going to be doing all kinds with my brother. Like, I just, that's, that's, physical touch is, at least for me, something that's very important. So it's something I definitely utilize in my wheelhouse for connection, for sure. <laughs> I feel like we're getting weird now, but we're at the end. Yes. Getting weird. It's different for us. <laughs> what do you mean getting? I think we're normally... <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> um, that's it. Be sure to yeah. check our other lives. We are not not doing it next Tuesday. We will not be here next Tuesday. You can join us. Um, when the heck are we doing this next? Tuesday the twenty seventh. The twenty seventh of September. We will be back with CLC Live with another topic. In the meantime. Share, like, subscribe, comment, Check take our classes, three days. You can connect with us as facilitators and staff and other students. 
Um, and it's you'll one of the masterful and quick connecting take our three day classes. <laughs> yep. That's it. And that's cool. it. Connection. All right. See you guys in a couple weeks. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by Certified Life Coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.